Trying to build a shot, real talk, 
grind hard cause I can't flow in the story you can tell I'm trapped soldier You in the corporate office somewhere over there if you whip a Range Rover Bitches getting colder and I ain't got time and I gotta shine Email me in October I'm telling all my people look let's get paid Asking all boss man can I get a raise Not far from a star two steps from a slave Take it for myself man it's time to get paid Telling all my people's look, let's get paid. Asking old boss, man, can I get a raise? Not far from a star, two steps from a slave. Stick it to myself, man, it's time to get paid. Cause I'm about to die, this broke life, died in this reggae. Brunts don't smoke right, hot is my heyday. That don't sound right, shit don't act right, rock won't stack right. At least it don't stack like it used to. Let your brother kill himself, tell me what would you do? So now I'm trying to see my money boom cool. No type of felines acting all new school. I know what happens most than usual Catch you when I poop through to a stage near you If not, grab two and come to All of you gonna let money get screwed, shoot But I won't excuse my behavior A lack thereof when it comes to the paper Time to get fun, then stack some major Let's do it, get done, over when I hear player I'm telling all my people, look, let's get paid Asking all boss, man, can I get a raise? Not far from a star, two steps from a slave Take it for myself, man, it's time to get paid Telling all my people's look, let's get paid. Asking old boss, man, can I get a raise? Not far from a star, two steps from a slave. Stick it to myself, man, it's time to get
All right. I want to say peace. Peace to the gods, peace to the goddesses. Hope y'all liking the new microphone. <laughs> I would like to welcome you to another episode of The Foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. I am your host, Soap L, and I appreciate and am very humble that you, you know, chosen to spend your time checking out The Foundation. It's always a pleasure, and I'm, you know, I'm sure it will continue to be a pleasure. But as always, welcome to The Foundation, where we understand incorrect information. Incorrectly applied can get you hurt. Correct information. Correct information. Incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So we're looking to apply correct information correctly. I want to say all praises, thanks, honors to the creator and the ancestors. Without them, we definitely, definitely would not be here. I want to say big up and... Big shout out to Big Brother Yusuf L, High Frequency Radio Network.com. I know he's holding down SPC University. Y'all can check him out over there, SPCUniversity.com. But it was always for me, High Frequency Radio Network.com. You know, that's the Big Brother. You know, if I don't shout him out in the episode, y'all just let me know. Because that's ridiculous. Welcome to the Foundation.com. We're going to put some work on that, you know, site. Some of that stuff on the PDF section is going to be coming down. Hint, hint. But for real, like, we're going to reduce some of the PDFs, make it more relevant. And we're going to be adding some things. So, you know, definitely go sign up for the email list. Welcome to the foundation.com. Check out the PDF sec- section. You should download the ones having to, you know, do with. 1099s and stuff like that. If it's not really relevant to, you know, the foundation and what we talk about here, it's probably not going to be there pretty soon. So, you know, definitely check out the PDF section. Download whatever you need to. It's all free. You can find the Twitter um, page. You can find the Instagram page, the Facebook page. You can book a consultation. You can also make a donation all from the same spot. Welcome to the foundation.com. I know it's a long, it's a long website address. It is what it is, though. Welcome to thefoundation.com. I want to say peace to all the listeners. I want to say peace to all the live listeners. I want to say peace to all the live callers. I want to say peace to the internet listeners. I want to say peace to the archive listeners. I want to say peace to the podcast listeners. I want to say peace to everyone who listens via MP3. Maybe you got MP3 sent to you or something, and that's how you're checking out the show. Either way, you know, however you're listening, I definitely want to say peace to you. You know, peace to all the listeners, every single one of them. I want to say peace to, you know, all the trustees, salute, and definitely peace to all those investing in their private education. That can be monetarily, that can be energetically, it can be both. But if you're investing in your private education and, you know, people can't really tell, so people can't really comment on it, I'm commenting on it. You know what I'm saying? I want to say peace to you. Keep it up. Definitely want to say peace to anyone I've done business with in the private, anyone who has sent an email, anyone who sent the well wishes through the email. Anyone who sent a current event through the email. And anyone who's otherwise added to the foundation. You know, callers call in sometimes and add to the foundation. I got, you know, guests that come on the foundation and they add to the foundation. I want to say peace to all y'all. Everybody. Just want to say peace. So, you know, today the foundation presents the public is locking down. 
time to go private. I'm not trying to get all, you know, uh, what is it called? Paranoid or, you know, sound the alarm, the sky is falling or nothing. But, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about all the different things that have changed in the last couple of years. You know, with regards to doing business, you know, you know, the foundation we deal, you know, the foundation is trusted thinking. So, you know, we're looking to, you know, administer our entities properly, you know, with business. So I stay up to date with stuff going on in business. So definitely we're gonna be talking about how the public is locking down and you know, very specifically, you know, we're gonna say three three reasons. You can even say four reasons. You know, why it's time to go private. But to jump off here, let's get into these current events real quick. It's not going to be real quick, I'm honest. This, this stuff is crazy. Um, so I got some current events. And, you know, it's going to take a couple minutes, but, you know, bear with me. Because this is relevant. And, you know, when I do current events, I'm looking at it as, you know, this is the stuff that we need to know. Because this stuff is either going to directly or indirectly affect us or our families. Just like that, that, that giant... Uh, Roomba, you know what a Roomba is? The, the little vacuum cleaners that go by themselves and stuff, you know? Uh, there's a big, big Roomba in Walmart and Target sweeping the floors and stuff. They got they got this machine stocking shelves. They got Flippy, the burger flipping robot. You can do a search for that. Search on Google. Flippy, the burger flipping robot. It's, it's, it's getting serious. And, um, you know, these these current events you know, in my opinion, are very relevant to us. So, you know, without any further delay, I'm going to get to Forbes. Forbes.com. You know, I don't like to do, do too much of the, you know, alternative medias, you know. You know I want to deal with, you know, sources that we understand or at least are familiar with. So, Forbes.com, the yield curve just inverted, putting the chance of a recession at 30%. They say 30%, but, I mean, the fact that they're talking about a recession... On Forbes, you know, um, on Reuters, on CNBC, on these major news sites and channels, is something to pay attention to seriously. So the interest rate on the U.S. Treasury 10-year bond. Hold on, hold on. All right. So I like this because it really broke down how this works. You know, and with the significance of, you know, an inversion of the yield curve. So this is on Forbes.com. You know, if y'all want to check it out, y'all can do a search for it real quick. Uh, And you can, you know, check it out along. The yield curve just inverted, putting the chance of a recession at 30%. So the interest rate on the U.S. Treasury 10-year bond just fell below the rate on the three-month bill in response to the Fed's March announcement. This is called yield curve inversion, as defined by Arturo Estrella and Frederick Mishkin. It implies a 25% to 30% probability of a recession on a 12-month view. Their research can be found here. Okay, so, and there's a link right there, and I got this. It's a paper, papers.ssrn. You can download the papers. The yield curve as a predictor of U.S. recessions. It's six pages. It was posted in on the 22nd day of November in the year 2000. Uh, man, I might even... If y'all want this paper, I'm going to download this paper. If y'all want this paper, 
Just email me. Admin at welcome to the foundation.com and it's just put yield cur- yield curve paper and I'll send it to you. It's only six pages. You know, you can check it out. I'm gonna check it out. I just didn't have time today. So back to what I was saying. As economic relationships go, the yield curve has a good track record. You can see the data below going back to 1982 per the chart using the series. Over recent history, the yield curve inverts before a recession reliably with no false positives. But they'll tell you, I just told you in the previous paragraph, that the probability is 25 to 30 percent. But now they're going to tell you that there's no false positive. An impressive record. The blue line shows the spread between the 10-year and the 3-month interest rate. The black line is zero-bound. Uh, the shaded gray periods are historical recessions. Note that there is a lagged relationship here. Recessions historically occur 6 to 18 months after an inversion. So it just happened, y'all. So pay attention for the next 6 to 18 months. And see, you know, see, see, see what's being talked about in 6 to 18 months. This stuff is no joke. I had a, you know, a mentor that was an Army intelligence officer. Um, so, you know, I know this stuff is no joke. Not uh, whatever. There we go. So today's yield curve suggests a fair chance of a 2019-2020 recession. Okay, so this chart, right? The yield curve inverted. It looks like 1989. There was a recession in 1991. The yield curve inverted, and it looks like 2001. Maybe there was a recession right after, shortly after that. The yield curve inverted in looks like 2007. And then the recession hit 2008. In 2009, and this is the chart I'm looking at. Nonetheless, there are some risks with this approach. Here, now they're gonna try to take take it away. I'm not even gonna read that, man, man. No, let me be a subjective, objective. Okay, check this out. There are some risks with this approach. The first is we're looking at a limited run of data. There are only a few decades in the sample and a handful of recessions. We're making a forecast here based on less than 10 recessionary events per the initial research and subsequent out of sample data, plus. There are countless pieces of economic data out there. Combining two of them and creating a good recession forecast is possibly due to data mining. For example, Tyler Viggins' site illustrates the problem, showing how correlations can be found between many things that have little basis in reality, such as an apparently strong relationship between mozzarella cheese consumption and sociology degrees. So even though the yield curve relationships looks robust, it has been plucked from hundreds of of other relationships that could exist but don't look as meaningful. The human brain is adept at creating patterns. I'm sorry, patterns where none exist. Also, a 25 to 30% chance of recession is not that high. Going back from 1960 to 2018, we have had 59 years of data. We've had the US recessions during 16 of those years. So even if before any more sophisticated forecasting methods your chance of being in a recession in any given year are about 27%. Excuse me, hold on. <coughs> Has some Mothra's note. Woo. There's some autocorrelation here, too, as recessions years come in clusters. But still, saying the chance of recession coming within a year or so is around one in four isn't that different from the history tells us, regardless of what the economy is doing. Of course, even at 30% probability, the chances are roughly twice as high that a recession um, does occur. And they're going, ah, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, they they make the statement that, you know, the yield curve inverted and, you know, let me look, where, where is it? 
The yield curve reversed before recession reliably with no false positives, per the chart using the series over recent history. So there's no false positive, but it's 25 to 30% chance. I mean, there's a lot of contradictory evidence in, in these articles, but if you pay attention, you can see, you know, in my opinion, you know, you can kind of, you know, I can see what's going on. Um, next up, skittish investors pull more than $20 billion from stocks and rush into bonds. This is on Reuters. Global equity funds saw massive outflows this week, a sharp reversal from last weekend's flow inflows as pessimism over economic growth gripped investors once again, driving them instead to search for yield in credit and buy safer assets like bonds. Mm-hmm. And then the yield curve inverts. Crazy, huh? Let me get into this next one. That was on Reuters. I'm going to go back to Reuters. U.S. Services private payrolls data highlight slowing economy. This is on Reuters. This was, man, this was, I think this, let me see, what's the date on here? Today. It's from today. So we got the yield curve reversion. We got, you know, this data saying that the economy is slowing. So let's pay attention. And, you know, I don't, you know, this isn't doom and gloom. This is so we can make preparations we can you know make certain moves and stuff to you know be prepared this is out of washington u.s services sector activity hit more than a 19-month low in march and private payrolls grew less than expected Mm -mm. underscoring a loss of momentum in the economy that supports the federal reserve's move to suspend interest rate hikes this year if y'all been paying attention, the Federal Reserve was going to raise interest rates like 10 times or something. They only did it. They didn't do it as many times as they said. And they said some stuff and backed off. It was really crazy. Markets are crazy. The reports today came on the heels of some modestly upbeat data earlier in the week, including retail and motor vehicle sales manufacturing. Investors are worried about a sharp slowdown in economic growth in the first quarter. The Fed last month ended its three-year campaign to tighten monetary policy dropping projections from any interest rate increases this year. The U.S. Central Bank lifted borrowing costs four times in 2018. It's supposed to be like 10 or 12, you know, whatever. The yin yin and yang of the numbers makes it clear that the year of tax-induced solid growth is over, said Judd, I'm sorry, Joel Noroff, Noroff, chief economist at Mayoroff Economic Advisors in Holland, Pennsylvania. Yeah, continue, but growth is still decent, he said. The Institute for Supply Management, also known as ISM, said its non-manufacturing activity index fell 3.6 percentage points to 5, 6, I'm sorry, 56.1. The lowest since August 2017. A reading above 50 indicates expansion in the sector, which accounts for more than two-thirds of U.S. economic activity. More than two-thirds of the United States all entire economic activity last month's sharp slowdown in services industry activity reflected a 7.3 point drop in the production sub index activity was also weighed down by decreases in new and export orders measures a gauge of service sector employment rose but many industries continue to believe that their inventories were too high a potential hurdle hurdle for increased production. The ISM said while businesses in the services sector remain mostly optimistic about overall business conditions and the economy, they said, quote, they still have underlying concerns about employment resources 
and capacity constraints. It says 16 industries, including utilities, real estate, finance, and insurance, healthcare, and social assistance, information, and professional, scientific, and technical services reported growth last month. The two industries reporting contraction for education services and retail trade. Retail is getting hit first. Um, I know y'all see it. You know, you walk around your cities and you're seeing all them commercial real estate. Uh, for lease and all this other stuff and, and really nice, you know, and not in dope areas where you'd be like, man, I'm surprised that's even available. It's not it's not just, uh, you know, relegated to certain areas of the United States. It's all over at this point. How many times have you gone to the mall recently? Of those times that you've gone to the mall recently, how many um, empty stores and shops or available areas in that mall did you see this time? When you go to your commercial centers, maybe not downtown, but when you go to commercial malls and strip malls in your areas, are you seeing four lease signs in these commercial properties? It's happening. I'm going to move on. Let's go to, looks like CNBC, S&P 500 rises post five-day winning streak on trade deal hopes. I just want to say that one more time. This is CNBC. This is a national and international news outlet, y'all. This international news outlet just told us the truth. Just in the headline, this this it blew my mind. I was like, they really just talk out here just talking. S&P 500 rises posts five-day winning streak on trade deal hopes. Some hopes and dreams, man. Yo, hopes and dreams are moving these markets these days. Isn't this crazy? This is from today. Stocks rose slightly today as investors cheered a nearing trade deal between the U.S. and China, though softer measures on payrolls and the service economy kept a lid on optimism. Chip makers, which are heavily affected by U.S.-China trade relations, led the tech sector higher. The Van Eck Vector Semiconductor, ETF SMH, climbed 2.3%, led by an 8.5% surge in advanced micro devices, AMD. They make processors. AMD jumped after Nomura initiated coverage of the stock with a buy rating, citing the company's improving profitability. To a certain degree, a trade deal is already priced in, said Peter Cardillo, chief market economist at Spartan Capital Securities. However, he says, a trade deal is a win for the United States and the global economy that will lift a major cloud that's over the global economy, he said. American and Chinese officials are reportedly closing in on a trade deal, having resolved most of the outstanding issues in their protracted trade dispute. Both countries have levied tariffs on billions of dollars worth of each other's goods since last year. According to the Financial Times, Beijing wants Washington to remove existing U.S. duties on Chinese imports, while Trump, the Trump administration wants China to agree to enforcement measures that ensure the country sticks to the deal. U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer, Lighthizer? Lighthizer. All right. And Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, I've heard that enough, I know how to say that one, are scheduled to meet with Chinese Vice Premier 
Lou Hood later on today to resume talks. European stocks rose broadly as the stock 600 index gained 1%. The Asia Shanghai Composite surged 1.2%. And how is 1.2% a surge? While the Japanese and Korean Kospi indexes both rose 1%. I think there's more buzz about getting closer to the finish line on a trade deal, a trade deal than there is on the direction of the economic data stream. So they, they're not even tripping on the economic data. They're just, you know, we don't care how the economy is going. Just, you know, get us, this, get us this trade deal. Hopes and dreams is what's pushing this. Um, I, w- I will say, you know, there's other indicators, you know, um, that I'm looking at that does show that, you know, more than likely they're getting closer to a trade deal. Uh, you know, I can just cite that, you know, rhodium has lost some of its, uh, you know, some of its, uh, some of his profits, you know, rhodium was up. It's been it's been going down steadily in the last couple of days. So, you know, that's probably going to happen. They're probably going to come to a trade deal pretty soon. I mean, there's some other indicators too, but I wouldn't, you know, if they didn't, I wouldn't be surprising. Speaking of trade war, uh, on Reuters, we're back to Reuters. Reuters is R E U T E R S. If you've ever wondered, you know what I mean. We got the. Escalating U.S.-China trade war would hit manufacturing, agricultural jobs. So they're, they're pretty much saying the 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 deal between China and you know United States is pretty much a shoe in, right? But here here's a, here's an article from today that's going to tell you what would happen if you know it escalates. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. An escalation of the U.S.-China trade war would drive manufacturing away from both countries and likely cause job losses, but would not change their total trade balances. An International Monetary Fund report showed today. The United States and China would see sizable losses in manufacturing as excuse me, capacity moves towards Mexico, Canada, and East Asia if tariffs tariffs were hiked to 25% on all goods flowing between the two countries, the IMF said in its April World Economic Outlook. That would escalate a tit-for-tat tariff battle between the two economic giants that has gripped global financial markets since mid-2018. The United States already has tariffs of 25% on $50 billion worth of Chinese goods and levies on 10%. I'm sorry, levies of 10% on another $200 billion of Chinese goods. China has retaliated with duties on U.S. products, including key agricultural crops. Now, remember, the soy, the soy, soybean growers were not happy. They were not happy a few months back. The countries have been trying to negotiate a deal to end the spat. U.S. Trade Representative Robert Light, here it is, Lighthizer, Lighthizer, I don't know, and Steve Mnuchin, are due to resume talks with Chinese Premier Liu He tonight, just days after two sides reported progress in talks last week. In Beijing, the electronics and other manufacturing sectors in China would be hard hit, and the U.S. agricultural sector would see a significant contraction if the trade war were to escalate. The IMF report showed. Y'all can check that out if you're interested. That's um, Reuters. Escalating U.S. trade war would hit manufacturing, agricultural jobs, 
IMF. All right, let's move forward. I'm trying to get through these, y'all. I'm, you know, we're going to get into this, you know. It's time, it's time to go private. All right, so look. Reuters, Wall Street treads water after rally. Walgreens slumps on profit on profit warning. The benchmark S&P stock index paused, taking a breather from strong quarterly kickoff as declining shares of Walgreens Boots Alliance Incorporated weighed on economic data. I'm sorry, weighed and economic data did little to ease growth concerns. Walgreens shared weighed on most of the on all three of Wall Street's most major indexes. CVS and the drug wholesalers were also among the biggest drags on the S&P 500. That is showing that new orders for key U.S. made capital goods slipped in February and that shipments were flat. Did little to lift tepid investor sentiment. Orders for non-defense capital goods excluding aircraft or core capital goods orders, a closely watched proxy for businesses spending plans, fell Economists polled by Reuters had forecast to remain unchanged, but it fell. The data comes on the heels of a survey showing a surprise rebound in China's manufacturing activity and better-than-expected U.S. numbers, which drove the S&P 500 to near six-month highs. We're still seeing mixed signals in terms of economic data, said Emily Rowland, head of capital markets research at John Hancock Investments in Boston. Hmm. With first quarter corporate earnings reporting season about two weeks away, investors are bracing for what may be the first U.S. profit decline since 2016. Analysts expect quarterly earnings to fall 2%, according to Refinitiv data. There are reassuring signs that the global economy isn't tumbling into a recession, said Kate Warren, investment strategist at Edward Jones in St. Louis. But... It's not sufficient to have economic growth. We also need earnings growth. Mm. There's a trend in this stuff, man. I'm not. I, mean, I don't even have to cherry pick. I just gotta, you know, go to the site and look at, you know, look at the news, you know, for markets and stuff. And this stuff pops out to me. Straight up pops out to me, which further says that you know it's time to go private. This stuff is getting weird. U.S. March and quarter one auto sales drop in week start. To 2019. This is Reuters. The major automakers on Tuesday, so this is yesterday, reported weak U.S. sales for March and the first quarter, citing a rough start to the year, but said a robust economy and strong labor market should encourage consumers to buy more vehicles as 2019 rolls on. Passenger cars sales suffered throughout January March quarter, compared with the same period in 2018 as Americans continued to abandon them in favor of larger, more comfortable pickup trucks and SUVs, which are far more profitable for automakers. The battle for market share in the particularly lucrative large pickup truck market intensified in quarter one as Fiat Chrysler Automobiles Ram brand outsold the U.S. number one automaker General Motors Chevrolet, Chevrolet brand trucks. Two automakers have both launched redesigned pickup trucks, Ford Motor Company has, for decades, built the single best-selling truck brand in its F-Series trucks with the Chevy brand a solid number two and Ram a distant third. In the fourth quarter, Chevy and Ram were tied for second place behind Ford. Man, I don't care about all these trucks, man. The bottom line is, auto sales dropped. 
They're talking about a, a weak first quarter in auto sales. Reuters, next one. Trade slowed in the fourth quarter. World Trade Organization says auto tariffs, Brexit are 2019 risks. World Trade shrank in the fourth quarter of 2018 as likely to, um, and is likely to grow by 2.6 this year, slower than 3% growth in 2018 and below the previous forecast of 3.7%, the World Trade Organization said yesterday in its annual forecast, the World Trade Organization said trade had been weighed down by new tariffs and retaliatory measures, excuse me, tripping over my tongue, weaker economic growth, volatility in financial markets and tighter monetary conditions in developed countries. It forecasts in September that 2018 growth would be 3.9%, down from 4.6% in 2017. World Trade Organization Director General Roberto Azevedo told a news conference that the lower forecast was no surprise given the trade tensions between the United States and China. U.S.-China trade is about 3% of global trade. Automobile, automobile trade globally is about 8% of global trade. So you can imagine that the impact of the auto, automobile tariffs is going to be bigger than the impact of the U.S.-China China trade conflict. I think it's pretty clear that the automobile tariff would likely have bigger knock-on effects through the global economy than what we see in the U.S.-China conflict. So they're, down, they're kind of downplaying it. I get it, you know, um, I mean, if if you if you're believing what this World Trade Organization is actually saying right there, is that you know the the spat between the U.S. and China with this trade war is only like one percent of the world economy. It shouldn't be making this big of a deal, but it is, or so they say it is, which I you know I find interesting. Um, nevertheless, trade slowed in the fourth quarter. Moving forward, still on Reuters, Reuters had jewels today. Junk bonds suggest U.S. stocks may have further to run. U.S. stocks just wrapped up their best quarter in nearly a decade, coming within a stone's throw of a record high. You got all this conflicting data, but the stock, remember I told you hopes and dreams? Junk bonds did them one better, regaining record levels, and then some. Given the long-running correlation between the two asset classes, that could mean stocks will soon be back in record territory as well keeping alive a bull market run now stretching into its second decade. And y'all don't think some sort of correction is coming? Think again. We think this cycle has a lot more time <laughs> than others think. This is Krishna Mamani, chief investment officer at Oppenheimer Funds. It's not ending in 2019, he said, and it's not ending in 2020. It has a few more years to go. Both stocks and their closest associations I'm sorry, associates in the bond market, the high yield debt issued by companies with less than stellar credit ratings called junk bonds have come charging back in the first months of 2019 after taking a drubbing at the end of last year. I've never even seen that word before. What is that drubbing? The S&P 500 has gained 15% this year. And the ICE Merrill Lynch U.S. high yield index has returned 7.6%. The clearest catalyst for the turnaround is a change in posture from the Federal Reserve, which has taken an open-ended hiatus from interest rate hikes and will soon stop letting bonds roll off its balance sheet. The ensuing drop in yields on safe havens like treasuries has been a tailwind for riskier assets. 
Oh, man. All right, let me get to the next one. Reuters. We'll be, yep, Reuters. Ford to launch more than 30 new models in China over the next three years. Just that headline alone. We know where the next consumer economy is going to be. It's China. Please mark my words. The next big consumer economy is going to be China. The number one consumer economy right now, as of right now, the United States. But it's, it's, it's been over. And the next wave is China. And smart money knows what it is. You know, those money guys behind Ford, Ford to launch more than 30 new models in China over the next three years. Ford Motor plans to launch more than 30 new models in China over the next three years. That's like 10 new models of vehicles a year, of which over a third will be electric vehicles. The U.S. automaker said today as it seeks to reverse slumping sales in the world's top auto market. Because, you know, they're passing those those rules. They got to have certain electric cars. You know, a lot of countries are doing it. Of course, the United States is way behind. Ford had previously said it would launch 50 new or significantly redesigned vehicles in China starting in 2018 and through 2025. And today's announcement provides more clarity on that timeline. It's China's operations chief, Anning Chen said the automaker is committing itself to improving its relationship with Chinese joint venture partners and localizing its management teams by hiring and promoting more Chinese nationals and global talent with Chinese expertise, among other initiatives. The new plans are intended to enable us to gain the momentum to break through in the marketplace, Chen told a small group of reporters that they're talking about the Chinese marketplace. Ford has been struggling to revive sales in China, the second biggest market globally, for the Dearborn, Michigan automaker after its business began slumping in the late 2017. Sales slumped 37% in 2018 after a 6% decline in 2017. Ford has said its sales crisis stemmed mainly from a lack of new products. Industry experts also ascribe the company's China trouble to the Chinese-U.S. trade war and its rocky relationship with domestic partners Changang Automobile Group and Jiangling Motors Group. Oh. Breaking news, there was an American kidnapped in Ugandan on a Ugandan safari, and they want half a million ransom demand. You know they got ransom insurance, y'all. Going out of country, especially like crazy countries like that, you know, you gotta look into ransom insurance. Moving forward, Reuters. That's too bad. I hope you know. I hope everything works out. IKEA to test furniture rental in 30 countries. I'm almost finished, y'all. IKEA wants to roll out furniture rental to all its main markets to bid in a bid to appeal to its increasingly environmentally conscious and transient customers. Transient. Transient customers. The world's biggest furniture group, known for its low-cost low disposable items, first says it, it was looking into leasing its desks, beds, and sofas in February. It fleshed out its plans today at an event held at its first sustainable store in Karst, Western Germany, opened in 2017. The rental pilot was driven by a recognition that many consumers change homes more frequently but can't afford new furniture every time they move. 
Jasper Broken, Chief Executive of Inca Inca Group, which owns most IKEA stores, told Reuters. It is also motivated by environmentalism environmentalism. With IKEA surveys show that ninety percent of its customers are ready to change their behavior, even if most don't know how to do that. I think I'm gonna start you wanna start renting furniture and beds, y'all. And they, you know, they're trying to say this, oh, for increasingly environmentally conscious people and people who move a lot. Look, man, people can't afford furniture, man. These companies ain't going to come out and say, hey, man, I know y'all are poor. Here goes something for you. You know, they're just trying to get every segment and, you know, people, you know, hey, hey. But guess guess what? CNBC, gold steadies as the dollar dips. Ooh, surprise. Equity rally caps gains. Gold steady today supported by a dip in the dollar. While gains were capped by a rally in global stocks following reassuring economic data from the United States and China and Optimism the two countries would strike a trade deal. Investors are moving into racier equity markets rather than slower moving precious markets, said Fawad Razakzada. Wow, can't believe I did that. Market analyst at Forex.com. However, he said that fundamental factors would likely continue to underpin gold, even if equity markets continue to rally. With the U.S. Federal Reserve being dovish, the dollar being low, and yields being lower, the fundamental environment for gold itself is positive. Signs of progress in the U.S.-China trade talks this week and decent factory activity data from both countries in recent days has lifted investor sentiment and taken the edge, edge off global recession fears. Oh, has it? I don't know. I'm not sure. Moving forward, Reuters, millions of Facebook records found on Amazon cloud servers. Mm, We're on that tech news. Millions of Facebook users' records were inadvertently oops, posted on Amazon.com Incorporated's cloud computing servers in plain sight. Researchers at cybersecurity firm UpGuard reported today. Facebook said last month they resolved a glitch that exposed passwords of millions of users stored in readable format within its internal systems to its employees. Cybersecurity blog Krebs on Security also reported in March that passwords were accessible to as many as 20,000 Facebook employees and dated back to as early as 2012. Facebook and Amazon did not immediately respond to requests for comment. (laughs) And that's the end of that article. Woo, that was quick and sweet. Look, it's time to go private, y'all. This stuff is crazy. Check this out. Verizon, some, some people might be interested in this. I know a lot of people are into this. Verizon begins rolling out its 5G wireless network for smartphones. Verizon today announced that it is or that it has turned on its 5G wireless networks in two markets, Chicago and Minneapolis. That will work with the next generation of connected gadgets. Verizon CEO, CEO Hans Vestberg told CNBC that the company will activate 30 additional markets this year. Vestberg added that Verizon is unlikely to see any impact on revenue from people who upgrade to the new 5G phones until around 2021. This network complements Verizon's existing 5G home service, which launched in October in select areas and is a wireless alternative to a traditional cable-based home internet connection, but does not work far beyond the walls of your home. 
Verizon said the wireless network will give customers access to peak speeds of up to 100 gigabits, gigabytes, or gigabits, whatever, per second. That's crazy. That's fast. That's really fast, y'all. Whether you like it or not, that's fast. I mean, a lot of people talk about, you know, that stuff is, is bad for you and, you know, you know, there's a certain type of radiation from 5G towers and it kills stuff and, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. One way or the other, I can't make any determinations, but I, I knew this would be interesting for people. Put plainly, you'll be able to download movies in seconds instead of minutes. Only a select number of phones will support the network at first. Samsung will launch a Galaxy S10 5G model later this quarter that will be exclusive to Verizon to start. AT&T, T-Mobile, and Sprint will begin to sell it in the second half of the year. That leaves the Motorola Z3 as the only phone that supports Verizon's new 5G network right now, and that requires a separate accessory to work on it. The Motorola Z3 costs $240 and requires a $200 Moto Mod to work on the network. T-Mobile and Sprint are planning to roll out their 5G networks later this year, but neither of the companies, which are still in the midst of the merger, have activated 5G yet. The first print 5G markets are Atlanta, Dallas, Chicago, and Kansas City in May, followed by Houston, Los Angeles, New York City, Phoenix, and Washington, D.C. sometime during the first half of 2019. Devices from HTC and LG will support Sprint's 5G network. AT&T's 5G Plus network, the branding it's using for its 5G coverage, is available in 12 markets. The company says it will increase the coverage throughout the year. AT&T has been marketing its new network by switching on a new indicator on phones that says 5GE, but this does not actually add 5G service to the device, which still operates at 4G speed. So they're lying. They're just straight bluffing you and bluffing your phone. One more thing. Okay, so, you know, I've had people, you know, hit me up and ask me certain questions. So I found this, and I thought it was great. So this is a, what is this, irahelp.com. Roth or traditional IRAs and trust beneficiaries. This is by Jeremy T. Rodriguez. is an IRA analyst. The question, my daughter is a 30-year-old registered nurse, and I want to help her contribute to an, inter, um, an IRA, an individual retirement account. She has a 401k at the hospital where she works, but she only contributes to maximize their 4% matching. It is my understanding that she can still contribute up until April 15th, 2019, 5500 to either a 2018 Roth or a 2018 traditional IRA. At her age, the growth on an IRA over time should be huge. Would a Roth always be a better IRA to put 5500 and forego the reduction on her taxable income from the traditional IRA? Because if you, if you contribute to a traditional IRA, you get a tax deduction. If you contribute to a Roth IRA, you do not. Answer, Ted, I completely agree with everything you said. Your daughter should continue to contribute to her employer at least up to the amount necessary to get the maximum matching contribution. Anything less is leaving money on the table. If an individual has extra money, whether they should stick that in a qualified plan or an IRA depends on several considerations, such as the plan's fees and investment options, which are limited. Weigh these considerations in addition to the ERISA creditor protection against what could be obtained in an IRA. Bear in mind that the value of the ER 
ISA's creditor protection really depends on the individual's exposure. However, you are right to advocate for a Roth IRA over a traditional IRA. Foregoing a tax deduction, especially at today's low rates, is a low cost to obtain the benefits of a Roth IRA. Those benefits include no requirement, I'm sorry, no required minimum distributions during the IRA owner's life and tax-free withdrawals if your daughter meets the qualified distribution rules when she eventually takes money out. Thus, I always recommend that a younger person look at opening a Roth IRA versus a traditional IRA. Moreover, if an emergency occurs and they need immediate cash, they can always withdraw her um, the IRA, Roth IRA contributions tax and penalty free. So Roth IRAs is a specific type of IRA that you contribute to with after tax income. So you pay taxes on the income and then you contribute to the IRA $5,500 a year. That's the maximum, at least right now. Uh, what we call a traditional IRA is an IRA you, you contribute to with pre-tax um, with um, pre-tax income. So you don't pay taxes on it and you get a tax deduction on your taxes usually for making contributions to a traditional IRA. But upon distribution or um, of the funds, when you start, you know, when you retire and you start removing the funds, you have to pay taxes then. And you know, you're never going to know how much taxes are going to be in the future. So that's something to keep in mind. Next. And finally, because this one is the important one that I liked. I really enjoy your column, blah, 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 blah. I'm 61 and getting ready to retire. Several years ago, I established a trust. <laughs> My wife is the primary beneficiary for our estate and I made the trust the contingent beneficiary. My IRAs, both traditional and Roth, are in the trust as well as my 401k. I have now read that you should not put your IRAs or 401k in a trust. Just list out the primary and contingent beneficiaries um, as spouse and children. Am I taking the correct approach by assigning the trust as contingent beneficiary for my IRAs and 401k? I also have an inherited an IRA that I am not sure what to do with. I'm already taking um, distributions from this and wonder, wondering as well, should the trust be the contingent beneficiary or just list my spouse and children as beneficiaries? Answer, to start, you cannot put your IRAs in a trust during your lifetime. That creates a taxable transfer and eliminates the IRA. Instead, you are talking about naming your trust as your IRA beneficiary. Whether that makes sense depends on your personal situation. However, keep in mind that there are no tax benefits to be gained by naming a trust as the IRA beneficiary versus naming individuals outright on the beneficiary designation form. Naming a trust as your IRA beneficiary creates complexity if you don't know how to administer trust or if your heirs don't. This could make sense if there are no reasons for that complexity, such as the beneficiaries have a physical or mental condition that prevents them from managing finances. When it comes to IRAs you own, if you name the trust as a beneficiary, you limit the options that would otherwise be available for your spouse and your children. If they are named outright, they could split the IRA and use their own life expectancy for post-death required minimum distributions. If the trust is a beneficiary, then the age of the oldest beneficiary will be used for all. And he's talking about statutory trust, obviously, not, not a complex trust. Finally, when it comes to an inherited IRA, the rules are a little different. Whomever is your beneficiary, called a successor beneficiary under the tax code, 
will adopt your post-death distribution schedule. That means they are not using their own life expenses. However, if your trust becomes a beneficiary of your inherited IRA, any assets that are retained within the trust will be subject to the highest tax rate much sooner than if the assets were left to an individual. Essentially, this is a long-winded way of saying whether your trust should be the beneficiary of either IRAs you own or inherited is a complicated question that depends on your individual situation. Therefore, I would highly recommend you consult with a knowledgeable advisor and straighten all this out. Any decisions you previously made can be easily changed while you are alive. However, once you pass away, all bets are final. A lot of people say, well, you know, I put it, I put it in my trust. Okay, first and foremost, let's be specific. You don't put anything into a trust. You can title things, you can title things in the name of a trust. But you, you can't you can't technically you can't place anything into a trust. An express trust is is a paper, it's documents, man. Let's be honest, man. Just 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 keep it real. Let's just stay focused and let's stay on point. So hope that you know helps if anybody who had any questions. I definitely recommend Roth IRAs if you are a W into employee. <clears throat> if um if your employer has a you know a 401k like I like they said match um contribute up to the you know to the whatever they're matching if you're you know self-employed and you're looking to do some sort of retirement account an IRA isn't a bad deal if you're private I would definitely if you if you're private and you have trust I would definitely recommend a, a whole different way of growing your wealth or you know saving for quote retirement because, you know, we got specific life insurance plans that have riders that allow for these types of withdrawals um, at certain times in your life, depending on certain circumstances with no penalty. And, you know, there's specific cash value that can be used for large purchases on the estate, for the estate. But I don't want to get too far into this. I know that was a lot of current events, y'all. I apologize. Um, but, you know, um, I know that, you know, I have adamant listeners that love the current events. And, you know, I know there's a lot of different news and different all types of stuff going on out there, you know, and I just pick out the stuff that's very relevant. And that's what I'm doing with current events. If y'all want that yield curve as a predictor for U.S. recessions paper, email admin at welcome to the and type in yield curve and I'll send it to you. All right. So let's get into this. The foundation, the public is locking down. It's time to go private. It's absolutely time to go private. Please believe. Let's get off. Let's get off in the first one. You know, um, one of the first indicators that I've come across is the banks. Let's check this out. Let's get into this real quick. Banks are locking down. I'm sure you've known. You probably got something in the mail. If you have a bank account with Wells Fargo, Chase, U.S. Bank, Bank of America. Any of these main big, big banks. They sent you some sort of notice, whether it was electronic or not. You may have seen it, you may have not. But they had to, by law, let you know that you no longer are able to have anyone to deposit cash into your account. All these banks require ID when depositing cash. Only the account holder or signer may deposit cash Period. Even if you're you're signing on the account, they want to see your ID for depositing cash. That's the lockdown. 
they're, they're, they're about to get to the point where they're not going to really be accepting cash. I know I saw this this dude do a video. They arrested this dude. It was a European dude. He was doing a video. He was in Chase trying to pay his mortgage in cash, and they wouldn't let him. And, man, y'all, you know, no offense, you know, my European listeners, man, you know, I love y'all, but, man, y'all know Europeans, man, they don't play. Like, they, they, they'll make a scene and all types of stuff. So, dude sat down and wasn't, you know, started recording, and he wasn't finna leave until they accepted his mortgage payment in cash. They would not accept that. They called the police. They arrested that dude. They only accepted a certain amount of cash deposited. Otherwise, they started asking questions. Any amount over $10,000, they filled out this form, reported to the Internal Revenue Service. It's not that you can't deposit more than $10,000. They just fill out a form and report that deposit to the Internal Revenue Service. If you want more than $750,000 or so withdrawn from any account, and you just walk in the bank and trying to withdraw stuff, good luck. I want you to go to the... Well, here's the thing. If you, if you have... If you if you are blessed enough to have like five thousand dollars in an, in an account somewhere, go into the bank, go up to the teller with the withdrawal slip or however you do it, and ask for five thousand dollars. Nine times out of ten, they're not going to be able to give it to you. They're going to tell you, "Oh, we need to order the money. You got to give us two days, two business days, or something like that." Locking it down. I'm telling you, it's getting locked down. You know, y'all notice they're taking out the change counters? You can't count your change anymore? Why? I mean, how much electricity could that thing really take? And that's what I'm thinking, like, really. Like, are they cutting costs? How much does it cost for a change counter? Especially if, like, a place like Wells Fargo owns those things. It can't cost that much to have that thing plugged in. They got that coffee maker over there plugged in all the time. They ain't, they, ain't, they ain't accepting change no more. I don't know the exact reason for that. I can't really say, oh, that's part of the lockdown. It might be to cut costs. Maybe, you know, transporting change, it's really heavy once you get a lot of it. Maybe it costs a lot of money for gas. I don't really know. But y'all, y'all notice they're taking the change counters out? Um, some banks are even, like, don't even have deposit slips. They want you to put in your debit card into some sort of, you know, automatic teller. And use that to cash checks, deposit checks, and so on and so forth. They won't even let you go to a teller now. They're getting us used to this automated system, to these machines. I mean, what what bank was that? Bank of America. Went into Bank of America to close an account. You know, they have one teller. One teller. And this was in a really high foot traffic area. Really, really high, um, densely populated area of the city where this Bank of America was. Man, they had one Teller, the line was crazy. They had four machine tellers with the screens. You know, um, you put your card in. If you need something, you need to cash. You can cash a check there. Someone comes on the screen, they start talking to you and stuff. You talk back to them. They got a camera. They're looking at you and all that stuff. They centralizing these tellers. They all the tellers. They going you know multiple banks is gonna contract with um, you know teller providers, and these tellers are gonna work for multiple banks. I'm telling you that centralized locations. Pay attention. So, first and foremost, they're locking down these banks. They're locking down these banks. They're locking down these banks. A lockdown is happening. And like I said, you can't deposit cash into someone else's account. Go try it. Go try it. Go try it tomorrow. Go, you know, go try it tomorrow to an account that you're not a signer on. That's not your account. Go try to put cash in it. Like, your, you know, your cousin's account, your friend's account, your girlfriend's account, your boyfriend's account. I don't know. I'm sure your wife, you know, you're legally married. Maybe you're joint on the account or something, but. Go try it. See what they tell you. 
You'll be flabbergasted. Next, man. So people, you know, I, I spoke on this last last um, episode, last week. And, uh, you know, people, um, I got emails, and I even talked to, you know, I got a consultation. One of the consultations I had over the last week, um, the sister, you know, was asking me about this. I, you know, I guess I maybe I didn't explain it well enough. And, you know, I, if I didn't, I apologize. So, but this is also one of the, one of the lockdowns. So, you know, I included it in the show. Um, the IRS revises EIN application process, seeks to enhance security. This is for your security, you know, but is it, do they say your security? I think it's for United States security. But check this out. And I'm going to get into this deep, you know, because look, I'm going to read this again. I know I went through this last week. If y'all get this, I apologize. But there's people who didn't understand what I was saying and how this affects. Um, if, we're, if you're private, I know you, you know, you understand, you know, if you're a trustee, you're in trustee training, you know, that don't really, you, it don't really matter to us. You know I mean? But if you're in the public and you're looking to try to, you know, come up, if you're looking to try to, you know, establish yourself, if you're looking to try to start a corporation and maybe you don't know how to properly administer it, man, it's going to be easy for them to pierce these veils. They're, they're locking it down. So look, IRS revises EIN application process, seeks to enhance security. This is a, an email that I received from the Internal Revenue Service, IRS at service.govdelivery.com. I signed up for this. You know, these email lists. I spilled coffee on this thing. It's crazy. Um, in Washington, as part of its ongoing security review, the Internal Revenue Service announced um, today, this was March 27th. This was like last week or so. Um, that starting May 13th, only individuals with tax identification numbers may request an employer identification number as the responsible party on the application. So if you go, if you, if you, that's the SS4 application. So if you're on IRS website, right? And you're looking to get an EIN for an LLC or a corporation or, you know, something like that, you know, and you don't want to use your social and you have like a foreign EIN, you know, and this, you know, hey, man, maybe I have something to do with this because, you know, I'm putting it out there because it's over May 13th. But, you know, trustees knew this from hands down. This is part of the training. But if you have a foreign EIN or any EIN for an LLC, uh, for a trust, for a corporation, whatever, a partnership, doesn't matter. If you have an EIN. You can go on the IRS website and, you know, check whatever entity you're looking at. Is it a trust? Is it LLC? Click next. Um, it'll say who is the response, who's the, is the responsible party, an individual, or is it an, an existing business? Okay? So if you click individual and click next, right, it's going to ask for the individual's first and last name, and it's going to ask for the Social Security number. And it's going to specifically say that social security number or ITIN, individual taxpayer identifying number or something like that. So in its three boxes, you know, because they separate the, the social um, by two hyphens. So the three boxes is three numbers and two numbers, then four numbers. Now, if you don't click individual for responsible party on irs.gov when you're obtaining the EIN online. If you click right now, currently, existing business, and you click next, it's going to say name of the business, and then it's going to have a slot for the EIN. 
and those of us who know, you know, those who don't know, you know, an EIN and a social security number and ITIN, they're all the same. I mean, it's, look, it's the same amount of numbers. It's nine numbers, man. It's just the social, they separated with two hyphens. The EIN, they separated with uh, one hyphen. So, you know, the first two numbers of the EIN and then, you know, the last seven numbers or whatever. But it's the same. It's the same amount of numbers, man. It's an, you know, hey, whatever. But if you have a trust, you have an LLC, if you have a partnership or something like that, and it has an EIN that you already got before, um, you can click existing business, hit next, put the name of the business or the trust, and then put the EIN of the business or the trust and click next. And you can finish the process and get an EIN starting on March 3rd. And they said here, an EIN is a nine-digit tax identification number assigned to sole proprietors, corporations, partnerships, estates, trusts, employee retirement plans, and other entities for tax filing and reporting purposes. The change will prohibit entities from using their own EINs to obtain additional EINs. They shutting it down. The requirement will apply to both the paper form SS4 application for employer identification number and the online EIN application. So whether it's a paper application or you're going online, starting May 13th, you cannot use the EIN for a sole proprietor, a corporation, a partnership, an estate, a trust, or an employee retirement plan. So, you know, hey, say, say look, right now, if you got a 9-8 number, you got a trust, you got my 9-8 number, you can go on the IRS website right now and obtain an EIN number for another trust or for an LLC or for a partnership or for a corporation, or for an estate, or for, you know, whatever. You know, there's a lot of different numbers. You can get, you know, uh, different, there's, there's different numbers. There's a lot of different numbers, or, you know, a lot of different entities that they issue numbers. Let me be specific. Um, starting May 13th, you can only get an EIN with a Social Security number or an individual taxpayer identification number. By making the announcement weeks in advance, entities and their representatives will have time to identify the proper responsible official and comply with the new policy. Bottom line, you're going to have to put your social into the application or in the box on the website in order to obtain an EIN. And that's what I'm saying. They're starting to lock it down. So let's say, what's the implications of that? All right, let's say I started my own business. You know, I'm just learning on my own. I, I haven't run into the foundation or high frequency or I ain't, haven't heard of Yusuf. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just learning on my own. I start my own business. I don't really, you know, operate the business. Um, uh, the proper way, you know, I co-mingle some funds in my first year. I'm, I, you know, I don't know. I'm ignorant. I really don't know. I'm learning, though. You know what I'm saying? And I'm trying to provide for my family, you know, but, you know, I'm operating improperly. And, you know, I'm looking to do taxes or whatever and have that thing, you know, uh, help me, you know, legally avoid certain taxation I would otherwise, you know, have to be subject to if I was a sole proprietor or something, you know, and, you know, protect, you know, protect my, you know, individual assets and stuff like that. But, you know, co-mingling and self-dealing stops all that. It looks at it as an alter ego. Yeah, our internal revenue service is going to tax all that income to the individual. Now you got penalties and fees and all this other stuff. They're about to make more money off of this stuff. It's, it's going to be easier to figure out, okay, there's this LLC. Here's this trust. 
Okay, so um, who, which social security number in our records is attached to this entity, to this LLC, to this trust, to this estate, to this corporation? And it's just going to be easier to find the, quote, owners or, quote, organizers of businesses, of trusts, of estates. But closing one of the loopholes, you know, up until now, recently, I always said, you know, the public recognizes the private. You can go to the secretary of state in your state. You can organize a corporation, fill out the document, sign it. You go up to the counter, pay the fee. Walk out with a with an actual, you know, um, legit corporation, and they never ask you for ID. That's you know the recognition of private. You go into a bank, they can ask for ID, but I can contract. I can go organize a corporation at the Secretary of State. They don't ask for ID. I can put any name on there as an organizer, Monkey Tari or something. I'm you know Smith on there as an organizer. Go contract with you, give you an um, uh, authorization, uh, a bank authorization form, sign it. Monkey Tari Smith and put your name on it and then give that to you, give you the EIN, give you the articles of organization. You go open the bank account. You put down your social. I don't have to open a bank account. I'm the boss. Now I tell you, give me the give me the debit card for, for the company card. It don't matter if you got your name on it. Those aren't your funds. You're gonna give it to me. I'm the owner of the company. But that doesn't mean I submitted my social security number. So there's still ways that you could do things, man. They're trying to close this loophole. You can no longer Get an EIN. But now, the only way to do it is, you know, get a foreign EIN. That's the only way you get an EIN without a social is to do it, get a foreign EIN. They call it a 9 eight number. You don't know how to do it, email me. Admin at welcome to the foundation.com. Set up a consultation. I'll walk you through it. I'll give you the number to call. I'll tell you the best time to call. Whatever. To me, I don't know whatever. But if you're private, if you understand the implications of this, you understand, hey, if I'm, I'm private, I don't care. I really don't do business in public entities anyways. I'm not going on the IRS website to get EINs. I'll just call and, and get a trust EIN. Simple as that. So if you have an EIN and you think in the future you might need another EIN, you better go get it. Go on the IRS website. You got until May 13th. From May 13th on, you will not be able to obtain an employer identification number without giving them your social or giving, finding someone else that will give them their social. You know, a lot of people ain't with that. Credit squeeze, number three. The public is locking down. Credit squeeze. Typical pre-recession depression is typical. You know, they squeeze the credit. They stop extending credit because they know there's a recession coming. There's going to be a lot of bankruptcies filed. You know, they're not going to get paid. So, hey, instead of, you know, not being able to get my money back, I'm just going to lower your credit limit or flat out cancel your, your credit account and say, oh, you missed some payments or you did this, whatever. They're starting to squeeze it. The, the, the requirements and the rules and policies are becoming more stringent. Um. I just got an update from PayPal, um, their terms and conditions. What do they say? They was like, uh, for consumer accounts, so these aren't business accounts. They're not nonprofits accounts. They're not, you know, they're not trust accounts. But for consumer accounts, what do they say? Man. I'm trying to remember what they say. For consumer accounts that you had to have, uh, man. 
You had to have a PayPal cash account or or some sort of bank account connected because they, they want access to that bank account. I got a <laughs> I got a friend who man they he filleted he filleted PayPal. I'm so proud of him, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm real proud of that dude. But um, yeah, credit squeeze. Um, these analysts, man, you know, who work for these credit companies and stuff, you know, these people have been trained and paid and are proficient at understanding the markets, understanding, you know, recession indicators, so on and so forth, uh, making sure that their company doesn't make lose a bunch of money, basically. And that's what they're paid for. And they're really good at what they do. So they, you know, they they consult with, you know, the heads of the company who, you know, generate and disseminate policy throughout the you know the corporation when it's time to start squeezing credit it's happening now i know private uh credit consultants that are telling me approvals are coming in lower this year this time this year than they were last year than they were two years ago with the same profile um same credit score same you know everything maybe even better but they're you know approvals are coming in lower the credit squeeze has been happening it's, it's, and please believe you know uh, miss a payment, miss a couple payments or something. They might, they're probably, they're likely to reduce your 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 credit limit. Your credit score drop enough right now, and you ain't missed no payment. They might lower lower your credit rating, lower your uh your credit card, you know, your balance, not your balance, but uh, spending limit, your availability. It's coming on. It's coming on lockdown. There, and there. You know, there's some other things that I came. That, you know, I came to. We got four minutes and thirty seconds left in the broadcast, so I'm gonna start wrapping it up. You know, um, but the yield curve inversion that's a big deal. I want y'all to know that's a big deal. Six to eighteen months. It's an indicator. You know, within the next sixteen, eighteen months, of recession. You, and you're gonna be six months into a recession before the government officially announces it. That's just the way they would. You know, produce data. You know put it out there but it's time to go private i'm telling you it's man look it's time to go private and you know just because you private you got business trust you got a paypal paypal account connected to the business trust no problem you can go you know to the bank wells fargo chase open up a business trust account no problem the thing of it is is you know these banks not allowing cash to be deposited if you private you basically mostly deal in instruments anyways Unless you have a cash business, private individuals don't really deal too much in cash. We're dealing with, you know, instruments, checks, notes, these types of things. So, you know, does it affect the private? No. I mean, there's not too much the public can do that affects the private, honestly, or those who are in the private. Not too much at all. But at the same time, this thing with the Internal Revenue Service not allowing um, individuals to use EINs to obtain other EINs, that does affect the private. That affects, you know, if we're looking to, you know, start an LLC or something like that and obtain that EIN without, you know, uh, submitting some sort of, you know, personal identifying so so called Social Security account number. It does. It, it doesn't. It doesn't put a damper and stop the move. 
it, it will, you know, require those in the future who are looking to get, you know, some sort of public EIN to go about it in a different way. But it's not, but you know, the average Joe, man, they're going to be putting their social right. You know how many people I see being easier, easier targets for the Internal Revenue Service? Because look, the IRS, they're looking at low-hanging fruit. And from the perspective of an Internal Revenue Service agent, mom and pop businesses, um, sole proprietorships, uh, home-based businesses, and you know, first-generation businesses, these are the businesses that they target. Why? Because you have enough time to do your job and keep your business afloat. And then you got probably family obligations. You know, you're not more nine times out of ten, you ain't studying the, the code, the Internal Revenue Code, and how it interplays with your business. You know, and more than likely, uh, mom and pop businesses, sole proprietor, they don't have, you know, tax attorneys. They're dealing with accountants for sure, but accountant can't give legal advice. So most of us, you know, in that sector, in, you know, in a small business, you know, um, home-based business, uh, sole proprietorship, mom-and-pop business, first-generation business, we don't have no, you know what I'm saying? We don't know the value of that yet. So this 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 thing with this EIN is really going to have some far-reaching impl- implications, and it's really going to cost people money. And I know, you know, they target my people. When it comes to these things, man. So I'm looking to, you know, just just educate people, you know, just let y'all know, like this stuff is coming. You know, it may seem slow, and it may seem insignificant. Some of the things that I talk about and bring up, but you know, my my biggest concern is it being too late for most people. And you know, I I'm never gonna have enough gold, or silver, or time, or food, or clothes, or heat, or fuel. Or solar power or water for every for everybody. I'm never I can never do it. It's never gonna happen. So the best thing the best thing that I can do is do what I can to help people, you know, get in the position to Avoid any unnecessary emotional, physical, psychological discomfort. Because, you know, this world is changing, man. This this new world is coming. Some people call it New World Order or whatever. I don't care. They chipping people, they chipping people. You got businesses putting chips in people. You got first they started chipping animals. You can chip your animal, put a chip microchip in it. If it gets lost, we can find it. Blah, blah, blah. Now they're chipping old people. Oh, you got Alzheimer's, you know, dementia. And if they get lost, we can find them, blah, blah, blah. Now they're chipping people. Oh, you got the job. You can get into this area over here. Blah, blah, blah. Look, man, it's coming. They're going to have robots taking everybody's job. Algorithms going to be lawyers, doctors. A lot of this stuff is going to change. A lot of things, man. Truck drivers, Uber, there's all autonomous vehicles, robots stocking shelves, sweeping up stuff, robots driving freight, algorithms figuring out your taxes for you. It's going to change the landscape, and it's going to happen fast, man. And the older we are, the older we are, the more we're not prepared for it. You know what I mean? You know. So you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm doing my best to you know keep us informed, keep us on track, 
You know, I'm your brother, so L, and you know, I got your best interest at heart. But I can't help everybody. I know that. I know my limitations. I can't help everybody. But we can all help ourselves. And that's the whole point. That's the whole point. It's coming. The public is locking down. I don't care if you got crypto. You got crypto in a wallet? Um, crypto, it's, it's crypto. You know, I got a blah, blah, blah. blah. It's, 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 it's anonymous. Is it in Coinbase? Yeah. Well, Coinbase gave the FBI all American account holders information. What? Yeah, man. You ain't. You think you anonymous now? Well, I got in this other wallet. You don't think that the you know, IRS is hitting everybody, man? They're getting ready. The United States is getting ready. And when it starts pops, please believe countries when they first, you know, when they first start getting hit, they start hitting out other countries and stuff. And when it gets deep, they start cannibalizing their people, start taxing the mess of other people and their subjects, subject citizens. It's time to go private, man. It's time to get in trust. A contract trust does not owe its existence to legislation. Therefore, it's not governed by legislation. I don't care how many statutes and acts and and and, and executive orders that are passed or whatever. It has to, no bearing no, and it is not germane to this contract trust indenture. Constitutionally protected. No state can impair any law impairing the obligation. No, I'm sorry. No state can pass any law impairing the obligation of contract. Start messing with me and my trust administration. I'm like, hey man, are you attempting to pair obligation to contract? Can your public bond withstand the liability, the financial liability of you impairing the obligation of a of a contract? It gets deep. There's specific protection. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you do. Trust is here forever. Ain't going nowhere. We on this earth in trust. We didn't create it. Did you create the earth? You make those trees out there? Nope. But this earth is entrusted to us for the benefit of the next generation and so on and so forth, man. The foundation is trust. I'm trying to tell y'all. I'm trying to tell y'all. The foundation is trust and then banking. So, you know, I'm wrapping it up, man. Admin at welcome to the foundation.com. You got any questions? You want to book a consultation? You ready for your trustee training? Email me and let you know. Let's get it. Let's get it popping. Let's definitely get it, get it working. Admin, I'm um, sorry. Welcome to the foundation.com. www.welcometothefoundation.com. You know, you ain't got to spend a dime. Just you already got internet. Go there, download some PDFs. You you don't have to print them out. Save them to your Google Drive folder, your iCloud. What is it? What is Apple? You have to save it to your um, iBooks. You save PDFs to iBooks app. Um, Android, just you know, throw it in your drive folder because every Android phone you have to have a Google, um, a Gmail account, and just read that stuff. You know, there's there's some crazy stuff in there. People be charging money for this stuff. You know, there's there's stuff in the um in the PDF section of Welcome to the Foundation dot com that people you know. Intelligent people, such as yourself, have read and utilized and turned around and sold what they read for free. I see it all the time. Invest in your, you know, private education. Oh, and I did, did want to say, Yusuf did come on last week, or you know, whatever he came on a couple days ago, or whatever. And people were emailing me and um, hit me up asking for the episode. Either Blog Talk deleted it. Or he did, because it's no longer there. I, I don't see it. 
it's not there. So I just want to let y'all know that. Uh, I'm, let me take a couple callers real quick, and then we're gonna get up out of here. Uh, but it's time. It's time to go private. If, man, it's just getting. It's getting. It's getting real out here, y'all. And um, you know, I don't like to see people suffering. And if I if I do have to see people suffering, I want to be able to feel good that you know at least I tried and I did my best and you know I did what I could to you know avoid people suffering. So you know I can sleep better at night when I know that there's people suffering, and you know more than likely I'm not. So you know I love y'all, man. I just want y'all to be you know be a better be be the best you you can be. You know be the best you can be. But at the same time, please understand success is insignificant almost. When you're, it's just you. So, you know, bring up the people around you as well. Phone call 405-9575. Area code 405-9575. Peace, what's your name? Where you calling from? Yes, sir. My name is Jay. I'm calling from Oklahoma City. Oh, peace, Jay, from Oklahoma City. How you doing, family? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you so much for this information, brother. It's, it's, it's. I mean, it's worth its weight in platinum for sure. I, I truly appreciate you coming on here and talking to us this evening. Uh, so I've got a couple things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, first of all, you're talking about this impending recession. And uh, the last recession that we had didn't really hit me that hard. I mean, I was able to have a job. I was a W-2 employee. I had an income. And I was still able to get by. Uh, now I'm going through this uh, transition to the private and I mean I, I truly do have skills that I believe are marketable I've got computer skills I'm uh, creating merchandise I'm an artist and things like that um, but it's I'm confused because I mean if it's in a recession and nobody's spending money what's your advice on how to really navigate that in an economy that's shrinking down and people aren't willing to or they don't have disposable income well, there's there's always going to be recession-proof businesses. So uh, maybe you were in a recession-proof business in the last recession. Not all sectors of the economy are going to be adversely affected by a recession, um, but um, or immensely adversely affected. So you know, recession-proof areas obviously would be healthcare, um, food. I wouldn't say necessarily restaurants because you know eating out and those types of things are kind of some of those disposable income type things. And those are the first things to go. But, you know, I'd always think of, you know, um, some sort of recession proof businesses. If you have any skills with um, electronics, computers, programming or anything like that, that's recession proof. Um, okay. The more that these companies automate their systems, the more they're going to need network technicians, the more they're going to need people. Right. To plug their, their, you know what I'm saying? So if you can, if you can think ahead and be like, okay, so what's going to be highly in demand? It's going to be very, very specialized skilled skills that robots cannot do or aren't able to do yet or can never do. I mean, I'm not going to say there's never going to be a robot or some sort of Android that can't, um, you know, um, you know, uh, debug, you know, uh, a hydraulic arm in a, in a you know, car manufacturing factory or something like that. But I don't see that happening anytime immediately soon. So, you know. Um, anything in internet, anything in technology, the internet of things, stuff like that, to me is a gold mine. Um, I personally control what well, people in the public would say, quote, own a technology company and, you know, um, networking and stuff like that. And it's not going anywhere. But, um, you know, there's always going to be need for, you know, clothing, uh, tailoring, stuff like that. I mean, you know, we're going to, you know, honestly, I feel like 
if the recession is going to be as big as what I'm hearing, um, a lot of us are going to have to get back to basics. We're going to have to learn how to farm and sow and do a lot of stuff. So, you know, um, those types of skills are in high demand as well. So, you know, I know people okay. who are going to starve to death if, you know, if, you know, the grocery store is closed for longer than three or four days. So, you know, I would just right. you know, kind of think ahead. Like, you know, there's always going to be recession-proof businesses and skills. So just kind of like extrapolate, you know, maybe five, ten years in the future and kind of think of what it's going to look like. And um, where would you need to be today studying or whatever you need to be doing to be, you know, relatively comfortable in, you know, tomorrow's future? That's what I would say. Okay. And, you know, well, one of the things I'm looking at days. is. Yes, sir. Um, Go ahead. One I'm, of the I'm other sorry. things that I'm. Oh, it, it's fine. I think there's a delay between you and mine. So I think that's why. But uh, I was going to say also just looking into just basic vocational skills. You know, they're trying to engineer these robots to do basic plumbing and the robots, they can't program them. To, to do that for some reason so even just having you know the ability to work on a car the ability to uh, build and maintain a plumbing system or an electrical system knowing how to build a house um, all those types of things I think would be really valuable as well but uh, so my next uh, my next question is I've, I've basically got a going private checklist now the trouble that I'm having now is I've been on basically on this path toward what I would call a path toward freedom for about 12 years. The problem that I've been experiencing is I've been going down so many different rabbit holes with so many of these people who are claiming, you know, this is how you become a secure party creditor. This is how you do A for V. This is how you, uh, you know, challenge court jurisdiction. And uh, a lot of it just straight up doesn't work. A lot of it is just snake oil. And so, um, I mean, this mm -hmm. isn't exactly a good time to take it all the way back to basics because what you're talking about coming up in mid-May, you know, doors are closing. So I've got mm -hmm. just a really basic checklist that I want to run over with you. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and send you um, an email if that's acceptable and, and make sure that I'm doing all this right. But the, the main things that I'm looking at are rescinding and terminating all government contracts that's driver's license that's vehicle registration that's a social security contract and just getting out of anything tying me to the government at all right okay uh, the next thing would be correcting citizenship status getting getting away from anything that has me listed as a u.s citizen moving over to you know state citizenship non-citizen u.s national getting away right. from the uh, I forget the title. It's somewhere in the U.S. code, but it's whatever defines United States as a federal corporation. Uh, anything to do yeah, with that whatsoever, just yeah. Twenty. Uh, I think it's twenty-eight U.S.C. three zero zero two. Okay. I think that's what All it right. is, or maybe twenty-six okay. U.S.C. So three zero zero two. But I know what you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Cool. And then. Um, Next, it seems like, I mean, I know there's not a silver bullet, but it seems like the secure party creditor um, is is a major one, getting the whole secure party creditor process and getting away from using the Federal Reserve notes, getting away from legal tender and all that house front resolution 192 type stuff and uh, operating. You were talking earlier in the broadcast about, you know, using instruments, using negotiable mm -hmm. instruments and things like this instead of using this this fake legal tender that's generated out of debt and every time you use it 
you're just contributing to the debt and just feeding into the system when you pay your taxes and, and so forth. So I just wanted to run that by you real quick and see if there are any glaring holes in that process that you notice, if there's anything additionally that I need to do. No, that sounds great. I mean, that sounds really good. I think that's a, that's a great, um, that's a great list, you know, preliminary. I, I do want to say this though, you know, I think the secure party process is definitely valid, but I think what, what a lot of people miss is, you know, Oh, it doesn't work or whatever. A, um, do, um, executing a process without un- without understanding the fundamentals, principles, and nuances under the process is hardly ever going to work. So, you know, those who are out there, you know, trying to find a guru and getting the step-by-step, here's 12 steps to go private and stuff. Um, traditionally, and in, in my experience, um, that doesn't work. But also B, and this is kind of like a, I don't know, maybe it's a jewel, maybe it's not, but Knowing the public can um, rebut an affidavit from a private individual. And I see that's where, you know, the UCC financing statement comes into play. The um, affidavit of non-corporate status comes into play. All these different, you know, notices, um, however it is. But as long as the principles are understood by the one crafting this notice and is serious in the, you know, the reclamation of, you know, your, your private uh, sovereignty, uh, you know, uh, the fact that a private individual can execute an affidavit, but no public person, specifically no private individual acting in a public capacity, can swear to an affidavit or rebut an affidavit from a private individual is huge. Is huge. And I think the responsibility is on the one crafting it because with that. Um, being said and that being true whatever is on an affidavit you need to be able to stand on and I know that a lot of people do certain processes with you know A for V or so on and so forth and they don't understand everything that's in the process or everything that's on the document or everything that's on the instrument or whatever so if anything happens or if there's a rebut you don't know what to do there's no counter you don't know how to you know um kind of counter what you're what you're coming into and a lot of times these people you know either they're full of crap or they're really busy and it's hard to you know kind of you know you get into something you have a short window especially in the a for v process you have a short window to respond and if you can't get a hold of this person for whatever reason you know you feel like oh it doesn't work it doesn't work so um i think the biggest thing you know um out of everything you said is uh you know i like how i like what you said about the contracts we're sending them but at the same time like you know, um, not, uh, you know, without giving legal advice, allegedly not all the um, terms of the contract were revealed. So whether or not you sign the contract or not, as long as you can say that and, um, uh, you know, put that in your affidavit, you know, I don't see how absolutely necessary it is to rescind all that stuff. It's just, uh, you know, um, a gentleman always gives notice and an affidavit that's, that is not rebutted stands as fact. So if you, you know, when you get to like, you know, an affidavit of non-corporate status or, you know, those things are powerful. Those things are powerful. When you start saying what you are not and what you, you know, did not understand, what you do not agree to and stuff like that. Um, those things are powerful. Those things are definitely powerful. All right. Good. Um, one other thing, 
and uh, of course not legal advice, but uh, um, both myself and a lot of people, I think probably listening and a lot of people out there, we started coming into this knowledge because we had a run-in with the system and we knew that something they were doing just wasn't right. Um, for me, it was, uh, I got framed up for uh, possession of a controlled substance and caught a case off of it. And um, I, the thing that I thought to do at the time was to hire an attorney. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. oh man, this guy's, this is gonna be an open and shut case. He's gonna fight it all the way to the Supreme Court. And all he came back with was this weak plea bargain to a lesser charge. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, I mean, I did the probation and it's on my record as a dismissal. My concern is that when I go in to try to get my passport, and I include an explanatory statement, um, they're not supposed to deny you unless the drug charge involved the passport or traveling over uh, border lines, like going from the U.S. to Mexico something or other. Um, I guess what I'm really wondering is, is there a way, I mean, this was years and years ago, is there a way other than expungement for me to fight that and get that off my record so that it doesn't prevent me from being able to get my state citizen passport, or do you know anything about that? Um, I do know that the courthouse is a um, is a financial institution, so you know charges are just that charges that have not been settled, and that's why charges stick for so long, and the the remnants of charges. So I mean, beyond that, I don't really want to say in the public, but there's a there's a pecuniary or monetary. Um, amount with every single charge, whether it's uh, misdemeanors, uh, gross misdemeanor or felony, there's a pecuniary uh, pecuniary amount or penalty, you know, fee and amount with that. And in my opinion, from my studies, charges are liens. You know, so it's all business. Okay. You know. All right. Well, I'm going to keep looking into that. And uh, I really appreciate your time. Um, I think I'll go ahead and get off the call and uh, I'll do some research and I'll, I'll give you an email this week. What's the best? Uh, is there a better day of the week to email you? Um, my busiest days in the week are Sundays and Wednesdays. Okay. So, All right. I'll keep but, that in mind. But that, doesn't, that doesn't mean that I'm unavailable on Sundays and Wednesdays. But, you know. Okay. The better, but the best days are not Sundays and Wednesdays. So the other, the other five days. <clears throat> okay. All right. I'll stay at it. Thank you so much for the broadcast, and uh, I'll, I'll talk to you soon, brother. Hey Jay, thanks for calling in. I appreciate you adding to the foundation. Um, you know, look forward to you know uh, serving you in the public, man. Thanks for calling in. Peace. All right, one more call, 929-4056, 929-4056, then I'm out. 929, what's your, peace, what's your name, where you calling from? Peace, my brother, Saul Bell, this is Sister Yvette. Peace, Kings and Queens, peace, community. Um, legal advice, I know you can't give it, but to the gentleman, depending on the nature of his crime, if it's a misdemeanor, if it's a class A, B, or C, depending on how many years he can get that removed, he could go in and ask for his fingerprints, have that case closed, cleaned out, whatever. 
He had to do his due diligence on that. Kings and queens, time is definitely getting short. With all that's going on, all those who are trying to be in the private, they're trying to get their documents in order, their EINs, trying to stay out of the public, go into the private, be careful. All of y'all that are actively in the public eye, if you do the due diligence of all those who were murdered or killed, check and see if they was transitioning to the private. We need to be very careful. We cannot disclose when we are going into the private. We have to do and go diligently into the private and be quiet about it. Be very private-minded, meaning is you do your due diligence, you study, you keep quiet. As you go into that transition, you take people. Just remember, just as you go into that transition, you're going to take the haters with you. Be careful of the alliances that you line yourselves up with. You're going to have to cut some people loose. My brother, you are right. People are reading PDFs. They're getting information. It's one thing to give people information. It's another thing to sell information. Selling the information is one thing. Not properly teaching the people and they're getting in trouble is a whole nother thing. Communities. Know what you're getting into. You want these documents? You want a different lifestyle? You want a different mindset? Be prepared because there's no going back. You can't go back to the public once you transition to the private. Be careful because your authenticating documents, you're closing one area of your life, you're opening up another. You're going to be all right. In some cases, be quiet about it. My brother, all is well with you and the family. Continue to do the good work. Just be mindful. The crabs are coming out the barrel, and these are not nice crabs coming out the barrel. They're dangerous. Lawyer, get yourself together. Just get loyal people around you. Loyal people, integrity, and honesty, my brother. Don't get in the dirty waters because the waters are definitely getting dirty. Keep it clean. To the brothers and sisters that are transitioning to the private, you know your responsibilities. Make sure you take care of your responsibilities. If you fall short, make sure you give a phone call or email. Kings and queens, keep the struggle. Keep the struggle. Transition to the private. It's about to get serious. King, my brother Saldel, peace, my brother. Peace, kings and queens. Peace, community. Keep it private. Keep it quiet. Peace. Peace, Sister Yvette. Always a pleasure. I really appreciate it when you <clears throat> you call in, you add to the foundation. Um, very true. 
you gotta watch who you have in your circle, you know. And then a lot of times, you know, you have someone in your circle that you know don't have the right energy. And um, sometimes you gotta look at yourself and say, hey man, am I attracting this energy? You know, to be accountable. <clears throat> there are people who want to see you fall. There's a lot of people out here that just they enjoy watching people hurt and lose, you know, lose what they have and struggle and stuff. Just like there's people out here that really enjoy seeing you happy. And it's all about who you associate yourself with, what type of, you know, um, thoughts you're entertaining on a minute-to-minute, hour-to-hour, daily basis, monthly, weekly. And, you know, really, in my opinion, whether you're focused on being successful individually or significant, you know, as a collective, as a family or, you know, to me, to me, it makes sense. I think the sister's right. You know, if you're going private, keep your mouth shut. Um, I know a lot of people who have money and you would never be able to tell. Uh, you know, people with money don't like people knowing that they have money because they're the person that everyone comes to when they need money and have a certain, well, you got it, so you should give it. Like, you know, that's not, you know, the same thing. You know, keep your private business in the private and recognize the public and recognize the private. Facebook is public. Twitter is public. Instagram is public. Snapchat is public. All these things are public. And in the public, it is recommended and actually rewarded for you to put all your business in the public. You know, from a young age, I remember my mother used to watch soap operas. Man, they was talking all, they was telling everybody's business. They was talking about so-and-so. And like, they, they get us used to telling our business. Because it's, honestly, it's less work they have to do to, you know, ascertain the business. Um, I'm going to say this, and then we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I used to um, deal with a brother who, you know, um, was in the music industry. And, you know, he was kind of in the streets and stuff like that. Dealing with drugs and whatnot, who knows? You know, streets gets people sometimes. But, you know, he was telling me a story on how, um, and he was a pretty big, you know, uh, artist at the time. Um, he wasn't like super huge, like quadruple platinum or nothing, but, you know, he was, you know, he was making good money, you know, and people knew who he was. But long story short, he was telling me how he was being investigated and he got arrested. Right. And um, <clears throat> he got arrested and they, they went in to talk to him and they wanted to talk to him about his affiliations or something like that. I don't know if he's on probation. He's supposed to be around people. I don't remember exactly what it was. But I remember he went into the police station and he went into the room, you know, the interrogation room, and the detectives had the, a laptop in there, and they had his Facebook open, like, logged into his Facebook, <clears throat> and he was really freaked out. And I sat there, and I showed you, you know, this article where they're admitting that they had um, passwords for your Facebook page in plain text on Amazon servers. This stuff isn't private, man. The public is not private. I don't care how many passwords. You know what I mean? There's, look. So when you go on private, when you doing, when you making moves, keep your business to yourself. No one can hate on you. No one can can sabotage a plan that they don't know. You know, there's people like she said. The sister said crabs in a the bucket. There's people that are crabs around you that you don't even know they're crabs because you haven't distanced yourself enough from them to show that they are crabs in that specific situation. You haven't, you know. Uh, Made a substantial amount of money or bought a bigger house, you haven't put them in a position to where they show their crabbiness. But please understand, 
Keep your business to yourself. Stop toiling your business. Let people talk. Say, uh-huh. And here's another thing. People will be telling you a story and stuff, and, and, and now you want to tell them a story of something similar that happened to you. Man, put the ego down. Stop telling your business. If you go in private, just go private. Tell the people who need to know, your successor trustees and the beneficiaries who have something coming. Nobody else should know you're in a non-disclosure in the first place. Get to being used to keeping your mouth closed if you're going private. Y'all don't see my face. I'm private, man. You see me on YouTube with my face all over. Only people that have seen me is if you come to a uh, you know uh, a seminar, uh, you know a public event that I you know I was at. Stay private. You going private? Stay private. Um, but it's time to go private, man. Public is locking down. I could have kept going. I had more, um, but you know. We ran out of time, man. So I do want to say I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Y'all need a consultation. Y'all want to get in trustee training? Email me at admin at welcometothefoundation.com if you would like that paper that I was talking about. Uh, man, what I do with this? On the recession indicators, email me, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. I'll hit you with it. Um, you know, check out at uh, welcometothefoundation.com. Uh, get your read on, man. You know? Learn some stuff. In the meantime, you know, uh, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? I know a lot of y'all feel like, you're, you know, you're, you're drowning. A lot of y'all feel like it's too late. A lot of y'all feel like, you know, uh, I wish I would have ran into you 10 years ago or two years ago. I mean, look, look, there, there's no, never no time like now. You are never more experienced in your life than you are right now. You're, you, you, you've never had as much um, knowledge in your life than you do right now and maybe there's different times in your life where you have more ambition you have maybe maybe you feel like you have more dedication or maybe there's different times in your life where you you had a reason but to me that's mental you know um you can overcome that but the truth of the matter is you've never been in a better position than you are right now when it comes to your mind the things that you know and the things that you're capable capable of. And the fact that you're checking out this program lets me know that you're very intelligent. Or at the very least, you you have the intelligence to question everything that was shoved in your face. Why do these fools want to tell me what this word means? Okay, so what's the benefit in controlling the definition of words? Like, if you have an inquisitive mind like that, you're, you're highly intelligent. There's a difference, though. We all, Most of us all have low self-esteem. And it's, it's done on purpose because they can't sell us products if we don't, if they're not, you know. That's why people go through midnight crisis and go buy a Porsche and stuff. You know, like, look, so many things are tied to, you know, spending money. But you can do things that you don't even understand and that would surprise you if you just tried. So one bite at a time, every day, every other day, just work a little bit, work a little bit, work a little bit. Before you know it, you're going to be, you know, doing your dance. I believe in you. I know you got it. So take that forward, you know, be good to yourself, enjoy yourself, love yourself, show some appreciation to yourself because you can't give it to no one else if you don't have it for yourself. You can't throw it in the air if you don't have it in your hands. But most of all, you know, set your family up. Stop thinking about yourself. Think about your last name, the pe- those that came before you, those that are coming after you. And it's time to go private. Y'all have a great week. I'll catch you next week. Same spot, same time. Um, You know what it is. I love y'all. Enjoy yourself. Be safe. And uh, 
I'll catch you next week. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to the foundation. Peace to the God. Doing this thing all the way live. High frequency radio.